crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. When I dare to challenge the system that would relegate us to victims and stereotypes with no clear historical backgrounds, no hopes or talents, when I questioned that method of portrayal, a different path opened up for me. The path to my destiny. When God has something for you, it doesn't matter who stands against it. God will move someone that's holding you back away from a door and put someone there who will open it for you. If it's meant for you, I don't know what your future is, but if you're willing to take the harder way, the more complicated one, the one with more failures at first than successes, the one that has ultimately proven to have more meaning, more victory, more glory, then you will not regret it. Hey everybody, um, this is a special episode. I guess you call it a bonus episode. I wouldn't really call it a bonus, but um, I just figured that with a uh, Chad Bozeman passing away, that I may have warranted a little more than a segment on the next episode. And, uh, well, because he meant a whole lot to a whole lot of people. And he did a whole lot in a very short time. He passed away this weekend. It was announced on Friday the 28th. And they passed away. And it was very, the news was very sudden and surprising. And it turned out he had colon cancer. Um, he was diagnosed in 2016 and nobody knew. And um, a lot of his interviews, you know, some of his appearances, he, they were telling where he actually indeed did look, you know, kind of, you know, way skinnier and almost sickly. And I mean, some people made jokes about it and all, and all those don't really look really good right now. But I mean, most of us just kind of assume that, well, he's an actor and, you know, he's doing this role that requires this and, you know, whatnot. You know, we're in a day and age now where, you know, actors and actresses are just undergo all types of just physical transformations for roles, right? I mean, if, depending on who they're playing, they might lose a bunch of weight or they might put on a bunch of weight. You know, they may go and undergo some crazy weight training. 
routine, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, no news ever came out, nothing ever got leaked. So we all just, you know, kind of figured, okay, well, he's an actor, he's doing an acting thing, and, you know, um, when he's done with, you know, this role, then, you know, it'll, you know, get back to normal size or whatever, and, you know, and then when it's time to, you know, suit up again to play Black Panther, he'll put on a little bit, you know, I mean, he was never like a huge guy anyway, but, you know, he'll put on a little bit, to, you know, a little more superhero-ish, and it'd be no big deal. But it turns out that was not the case. And listen, um, you have to give some, you know, kudos to the people around him who did not, you know, leak this stuff out to any tabloids or anything. Um, well, I'm, ho I'm hoping that those were his wishes that he just did not want to disclose it. And, well, I hope that his not wanting to disclose it was just a personal decision and not because of some, you know, pressure he felt or something, even though, well, it probably was because that's the world we live in, where him coming out and disclosing that would have probably cost him jobs. So... Now, the Marvel folks probably did know. Um, I haven't heard one way or the other. They probably did know because that's, you know, I mean, that's kind of a long-term commitment to be in the, you know, Marvel world, film world. Um, well, if he told them and... You know, they kept going with him anyway, then that's to their credit. So, uh, alright, all that being said, what I'm going to do here is just, yeah, I'm going to play some of his words at different points. That's what opened us up here. So, got a couple of, some, some sounds from some speeches he gave. I'm going to play some of those, talk a little bit for you, and... You know, that'll be it. And, you know, not going to be here long. This isn't going to be, excuse me, the usual kind of thing that I do. You know, because I did a tribute to Andre Harrell a couple months ago back when he passed. So it's going to be kind of like that. And, um, you know, maybe talk a bit about, you know, black people in superhero movies also for a little bit. And, um, you know, um, sad weekend, really. Um. So, um, rest in peace to uh, Chad Bozeman and uh, prayers and condolences to his family and other loved ones. And um, gonna play a little bit more of him for you, and then I'll get moving along here. Gifted and black, we all know what it's like to be told that there is not a place for you to be featured. Yet you are young, gifted, and black. We know what it's like to be told 
to say there's not a, a screen for you to be featured on, a stage for you to be featured on. We know what it's like to be the tail and not the head. We know what it's like to be beneath and not above. And that is what we went to work with every day because we knew not that we would be around during award season or that it would make a billion dollars, but we knew that we had something special that we wanted to give the world, that we could be full human beings in the roles that we were playing, that we, cre we could create a world that exemplified a world that we wanted to see. We knew that we had something that we wanted to give and to come to work with every day and to solve problems with this group of people every day with this director, that is something that I wish all actors would get the opportunity to experience. If you get to experience that, you will be a fulfilled artist. Now, the question of... What's that second question? <laughs> the question of, you know, we would be around... Don't give me the music. The question of we'll be around during award season, I just have to say, you know, it's a pleasure to be celebrated by you, to be loved by you. And one thing I do know, what did it change the industry? I know that you can't have a Black Panther now without a two on it. So we love you and we celebrate it. All right, well, all right. Uh, Chadwick Boseman was, I guess, best known amongst us for playing Black Panther. But he, I mean, he also played a whole bunch of other, well, several other kind of famous people in some of his movies. He he had become like the biopic king, basically. Um, he played James Brown and Get On Up. He played Jackie Robinson at 42. Played Thurgood Marshall and Marshall... Um, and I imagine had he kept going, you know, had he remained among us, he would have kept going and kept playing more people. And now the Thurgood Marshall one is funny because he looks nothing like Thurgood Marshall. I mean, <laughs> nothing at all. I mean, you couldn't even, you know, have made him up to look, resemble Thurgood Marshall. I mean, I like he had to, you know, do something with his hair to look like James Brown and you know um, it wasn't hard to approximate Jackie Robinson either but you know Thurgood Marshall was <laughs> an entirely different skin tone right I mean they're both black obviously but um, yeah but it turns out the director or the casting director whoever um I think the family, Thurgood's family, wanted they wanted the best person for the role, you know, and they thought it was him. So, you know, he got it. And I have not seen the movie myself, but I've heard he did a good job. And look, I mean, Denzel Washington didn't really look like Malcolm X, but fixed his hair up a little bit, and once he got into acting mode. You know, as far as we were concerned, he was Malcolm X. <laughs> I mean, so it can work. It works. It can work, right? Um, just as long as you're not doing a, 
well, I won't even, I, I, never mind, <laughs> never mind, some of y'all know where I might be going, but yeah, never mind, you know, but, um, you know, Black Panther became more important than playing those figures, as far as what roles of his that we look at, though, because, well, the movie itself was just, you know, in the little piece I wrote about him, it was the full actualization, like the full reaching of potential of what black people are capable of in the movie business, right? I mean, you know, black writers, black costume designer, Ruth Carter, who won an Oscar for that, um, the director, Ryan Coogler, black, the cast was mostly black, except for maybe like a handful, literally a handful of people. And, you know, they had the full force of, you know, Marvel Studios behind them. From you know, as far as from financing to marketing and everything. Um... I mean, they, they got what every black person in Hollywood is hoping to get, which is, you know, the, the, the full studio support, the full financing, the full marketing, the, you know, people behind the scenes who are in tune with you as a black person. From the director to the writer to the costume people to you know the makeup people and all of that, um, and they had to they had trouble getting black stuntmen and women because black stuntmen and women are few and far between in Hollywood because being stunt person is a union job and you have to got a couple of jobs to qualify and getting those couple of jobs is always not easy for us so there's a you know dearth of black stuntmen and women in Hollywood and a lot of times they take white stuntman or woman and put them up in you know basically blackface which is pretty pathetic in 2020 so they had to they ended up training some you know, dancers and athletes and whatnot and taking them and training them how to, you know, fight, basically. How to do fight choreography. You know, they did that instead of getting some white folks and, you know, painting them brown. <laughs> so, you know, we got to do everything in that movie and with the full support of a major studio. And he was at the front of that. He, you know, he got to play a three-dimensional character, right? Um, uh, he wasn't just, you know, a black guy in a superhero costume, right? I mean, and it, you know, the people of Wakanda were not like, you know, it wasn't like Zamunda in Coming to America where. Yeah, you know, it was kind of a lot, but so much of it was just played up for laughs. Like, you know, kind of the 
tropes of you know royalty and all of that. You know, there were, you know, the internal struggles in the kingdom and his own internal struggles in following in his father's footsteps and whether to, you know, what direction to take his country in, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there was just a whole lot going on there. And he and so many other characters in that movie got to be three-dimensional, fully, you know, actualized people which we don't get to do a whole lot of in movies. And we particularly don't get to do it a whole lot, you know, in predominantly black casts. Like, like when, when, you know, when we get cast in big time movies, it's usually with a still predominantly white cast. You know, and it's usually almost like a fish-out-of-water kind of deal every time. Or so many times. And... Usually... You know, you don't get the financing. Or you don't get the marketing. And that's particularly glaring because even Denzel Washington, you know, when it came out when Sony got hacked, even he did not get the full force of marketing behind his movies. Because Sony in particular, but there are other studios also who assumed that they would not get the return on investment. Like they assumed that only a certain number of people were, would go see this movie starring a black guy. And that the best thing to do was to just try and, you know, get a stable profit number and try to hit it instead of trying to maximize revenue. So in this case, you know, we they finally gave us everything that they give everyone else, you know, in that kind of position. And, you know, it paid off. And he was at the front of that. And he is, you know, the superhero for a whole generation of black children. Um, you know, and playing that role, he was the kind of realization of decades of hoping and praying by people in the business and just those of us who watch movies. And yet, it was not all smooth sailing. Uh, one of the stories that's come out is that um, you know Marvel wasn't too sure about the accents they were going to use because you know I guess it's just kind of a you know stupid Hollywood trope that you know kind of British or European sounding accents are kind of the par for the course for intelligent 
people who are not from America. And, you know, Wakanda was a country, you know, it's a country, it's a fictional country, but it was never colonized by, you know, Britain or anyone else. So they would not be speaking with British accents the way that some colonized, real life colonized countries do. And they, you know, they had to fight. And, he, you know, Chadwick was one of the main people who pushed for them to not speak with, you know, British accents, to speak with some type of natural African accent, African dialect. And that's what they were using in the movie. Like when they, you know, when they spoke their native language and when they, you know, were speaking English. Like, it was with an African accent, not an English accent. Yeah, that's because that's one of the things he was at the middle of fighting for. And also, um, you know, when they were, you know, the scenes from Wakanda that were in Infinity War, um, when that was filmed, you know, Black Panther had not gone into theaters yet. And, you know, he and uh, Winston Duke and some others on set basically improvised the kind of, you know, Wakandan, you know, battle cry that were part of those scenes in Infinity War. And it wasn't in the script. They, you know, they improvised it and it it worked so well that the Russo brothers, the directors, they kept it in. I mean, those are just a couple of examples of the fights that take place in Hollywood. And... You know, he got out there and he was in the middle of it. And those fights take a toll, right? Those fights are not easy. And it's easier in a lot of cases just to, you know, take what they give you and then complain about it later. And he didn't do that. And it's a big deal because, you know, it, it, it all of that enhanced the final product. Like it enhanced the just humanity of what we saw on screen, right? Um, that part of Infinity War, like it actually, you know, it made, you know, it, it added some oomph to the, you know, Wakandans in, in in that movie. Like they weren't just, you know, some folks that fought with Captain America <laughs> against. Thanos' people, right? Um, it added just some, you know, flavor and some, you know, culture. Or I don't know whatever normal the right term is, but it added something to it. It made them, you know, fuller characters. You know, they weren't. Yeah, because what what was in the script was not particularly. You know, it didn't really enhance their individuality as a group. So, you know, people like Chad Bozeman and, you know, added to that. And then, I mean, those are the struggles that, you know, in being black and in the arts, like, you know, those are the everyday struggles because, you know, you're usually, you're dealing with white directors and white writers and, you know, people who don't 
think about that stuff. Right? And you know, so many times when adding or trying to make things more diverse, like there's just stuff you have to think about. And if you're not thinking about it, you need somebody to bring it to your attention. And then you need to act on it. So he did a lot of work to make sure that all that happened in those movies. And because that's, you know, that's what's missing so many times, right? When we're in, a lot of times when we're cast in movies, we're just, you know, the character. And we're just this person who happens to be black, right? That's how, you know, it goes a lot of times. You know, we're the best friend or the mentor or the main character. And, you know, we just happen and, you know, they just happen to be black. It's like there's nothing really about the characters that... can be specifically attributed to black people other than, I mean, they may throw in some, you know, few words here or there to slang or hip hop vernacular or something, right? But that's, you know, that's the thing that, you know, black people in that industry struggle with. And, you know, he struggled with it too and he fought some battles to, you know, make things better and it just fits in kind of just the the larger effort to have a more culturally diverse society right and to just look I'm not the guy who you hang out with who just happens to be black okay now there are things about me that are a result of me being black that form who I am. And. You know you need to learn those. And you need to deal with those. Also. So he did a lot on that front. And we thank him for doing that. And just one bit after this, and then that'll be all. I'm gonna give you some more from him first. Be right back. Did you have a moment before you actually did the movie where you're like, "Am I sure I want to do this? This is going to be a really huge movie, and it's Panther. probably going to change my life." Yeah. No. No. Um, no, I knew it was going to change my life for sure. Um, you're saying was this going to be such a big thing that I and I didn't want. All of the, I didn't want that smoke. Am I ready for this? Yeah. I knew I was ready for the the task at hand. Um, to be honest, like for as far as like the the every the, the everyday things about your life that change, um, um, fame, whatever, those things, like I, I try not to think about that most of the time like in going into something like you you just you just can't worry about that because it also might not like yeah. like it might not change um and i and i think there's for a lot of actors 
there's this misconception because you don't have a sense of like the reach of everything. Like in in the, in the layperson, the, people don't have a sense of like the reach of the things that they do. Like yeah. if I go home and I talk to my family, they'll say, well, when are you going to get on? They'll name some TV show that's not as big as anything I've done. Right. And I'm like, I'm not going to go back and do that. Right. Like, that's crazy. When are you going to Chicago but, Fire? But in there, in there, <laughs> that's my, that's my show. Yeah. Like, that's my, when are you going to get on that show? Yeah. Like, but it's <laughs> in, in, and sometimes in actors' minds, they have this false sense of like what their fame is or how big of a reach they have. And, and I learned that, you you know, you have to sort of like, just do the work and let all that stuff sort of come to you when it comes to you. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's building, it can build something that's unhealthy in your head. So for me, it's all about, you know, really the people you get to work with. Like that's the beauty of it all. Like yeah. I think of the, the people that I've had the opportunity to work with and that blows your mind. Um, That was Chadwick Bozeman on the, Simmons podcast, they you know re ran the interview they did with him uh, from last year. That was him talking about you know whether or not he was reluctant to take the role or what have you. Well, you, you heard him, he explained it. And uh, you know, this is something I keep going back to is that you know, Black Panther was basically like the evolution of. You know, black superheroes on film, right? Um, basically, he was the well, final form, I guess you could say. I mean, in that, not just superheroes, but like you know, science fiction or whatever, right? Um, I mean, the first one I saw was Lando Calrissian in Star Wars. <coughs> well, he was in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And he came back for um, Rise of Skywalker. And it was cool and all. And, you know, Lando has become a beloved character over the years. Um, and he's a fun character at all. But, I mean, he was, he's a supporting cast member. And also, the, <laughs> his introduction in Empire Strikes Back wasn't exactly the most honorable. <clears throat> you know, he got basically forced into selling out, you know, Han Solo and Princess Leia to Darth Vader. Although, I mean, you know, he wouldn't redeem himself, but still, I mean, that wasn't exactly the most honorable introduction for a black character in a big, you know, science fiction, fantasy, or superhero kind of deal. Then other than that, I mean, that was 1980. And... It was slim pickings for a long time after that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, talking nothing, basically, um, until, let's see, there was Meteor Man, Robert Townsend, and, you know, that was a, he, look, he wrote that, I think he directed it, um, they had a mostly black cast, so on the one hand, that's, you know, that kind of, that's good. But, 
they had a shoestring budget. They didn't have any kind of marketing. And the movie itself was just kind of a hokey, cheesy, almost after-school specialist kind of thing, right? I mean, it's nothing anybody has to run out and go see. I mean, it's nice that it was made. And, you know, if you're going to do a proper reporting of, like, the lineage of black superhero movies or whatever, then, you know, it should be on the list. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... it's it's okay, right? But it's one, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's okay, right? It's nothing to write home about, really. And um, a few years after that, there was Blank Man, which started Damon Wayans. And, well, now David Allen Greer was in that also. And same kind of thing. It wasn't terrible, but it was, you know, kind of low budget didn't have much marketing push behind it and it was just it was okay it was the kind of thing you know that you know I mean it was straight to video or wait for it to come on cable kind of quality right I mean but again if you're going to do a proper reporting of the lineage then you would include it and then you know the big one now the big one the first big one was Blade. All right, that was, you know, Star Wesley Snipes. Blade is a Marvel character, but it wasn't made. Marvel Studios was not a thing back then. And, like, the movie rights were all over the place for their characters. But Blade was a just kick-ass movie. It was great. All right. And, I mean, Wesley Snipes... Did a great job playing that role to the point where, I mean, they announced last year that. Oh, I'm going to say his name wrong, so I'm not going to. The, the guy from who was in Luke Cage, who played Cottonmouth and was in Midnight Moonlight. I'm sorry, not Midnight Moonlight, and some other movies. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Um, his last name's Ali. Okay, I don't want to name I'm, I'm this, is, this is my fault for not, you know, learning the right way to say his name before I start recording. But y'all know, probably know who I'm talking about. And he, but anyway, the point is, Wesley was so great at playing Blade and his, you know, stayed in fighting shape and all of that to the point where, I mean, there are people who still wanted him cast, you know, today, you know, if Marvel decided to revive it. So... I mean, that's how good he was. And then, you know, and then Blade 2 came after that. Or shortly after that. And it was, some people say it was better than the first one. You know, Blade 3, um, Blade Trinity did not happen. We won't talk about Blade Trinity. <laughs> In fact, you know what, you, um, when I was talking about proper lineage, we can leave that one out. <laughs> but I mean, other than that, I mean, so after Blade, well, you had like the, well, the next thing was the X-Men movies, right? And you had Halle Berry play the Storm. And, okay. This was not her fault. I do not blame her. Okay. She did fine with what they gave her to work with. Which was not much. And, you know, the fact also that... You know, over time, 
you know, the sentiment kind of grew that, hey, Storm is in the comics is either, you know, brown skin or dark skin from, and she's taller and all of that. And, you know, y'all cast Halle Berry because she's Halle Berry. And listen, I am never upset to see Halle Berry in a movie. Okay. Well, except for like Monsters Ball. But I mean, other than that, because that was a travesty. But other than that, I mean, look, I'm never upset to see her on, on, on my TV or movie screen. But, you know, overall, the way Storm was written and characterized um, was just not great. But for a time, you know what? That's all we had. Um, because, you know, just that, that's it. There, there wasn't nothing happening for us. I mean, because, you know, after, um, as the X-Men movies were going on, there was, you know, the first round of Spider-Man movies. There was um, the Fantastic Four movies, right? And none of those had, you know, black characters in any, you know, roles. Um, and that was, man, that was it for a long time. And it wasn't until, you know, the MCU started up when, you know, we started to get some more turns here and, you know, started off with, you know, War Machine and Iron Man 2. And so like I said, well, they went from Terrence Howard at Iron Man to Don Cheadle and Iron Man 2. And, like, Don did a great job, I think. I mean, I really loved the dynamic with him and Robert Downey Jr. And all but, again, supporting character, right? Um, same thing with, you know, Captain America Winter Soldier. You know, you had Anthony Mackie playing Falcon, who, again, I thought he, like, did a great job. And they did a great job, you know, characterizing and writing the character. But, again, supporting character. Um, you know, while all that was going on, um, oh, just again, not, not a whole lot happening there. And other than that, right. And yeah, um, still slim pickings, right. Um, but then all right, 2016 was Captain America Civil War, and that's where we first saw Black Panther. He was in the supporting role, but you know, that was Chadwick playing that role, and he owned every minute he was on the screen. And that was when a major step was made. And, you know, and then they announced, of course, that a Black Panther movie was on coming. But that was a major step. Even though, even though he was a supporting character, you know, he owned every, like, he took over every minute he was on the screen. I mean, he owned that role. And he, you know, that was like the perfect setup to want to see a Black Panther movie. And, I mean, like, he was written well. He got to dominate. Again, he wasn't, he wasn't a sidekick or whatever. And it was great. And then, well, Falcon and the War Machine were in that one also. But they were, again, they were supporting characters. I mean, Black Panther got to come out there like 
he was a lead character and just dominate, you know, his time on screen. And that was the setup, right? And then, you know, 2018, we got Black Panther. And, look, Black Panther is the crown jewel in, you know, black superhero movies and, you know, black people playing superheroes in movies. Because, look, as much as, you know, um, look, as much as I like the job that they did with War Machine and Falcon. Again, they were supporting characters. And if those two characters had been white in the comics, like they're both black in the comics. If they'd both been white in the comics and, you know, they'd cast, you know, white actors for the movies, there wouldn't really have been a whole lot of difference. Right. And look, I'm not saying that you know, they should have had them talking in a bunch of slang terms or hip-hop vernacular or, or things that, you know, are quote-unquote black, right? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, um, like, there are other things besides, you know, you know, slang and hip-hop vernacular or whatever that distinguish a character as being black. And those two just didn't really haven't really gotten those kind of little touches to them now a lot of that of course is because I mean those movies had I mean Cap Winter Soldier had and Civil War and the Avengers movies look I mean white directors right I mean it was the Russo brothers and it's just different when Look, it's different. You know, having a you know a white director versus a black director is just different for black cast members, right? There are just little things, little sensibilities, little you know, just kind of details that come from having lived as a black person that you know a white director or a white writer is just not going to get. So. You know, that's just part of the difference, really. And and it just he just embodied that, you know. He became Black Panther the same way that Christopher Reeve had become Superman and Robert Downey Jr. has become Tony Stark. Right, I mean... Just... It was one of those. So I, I, just maybe one of just the best, you know, print to screen adaptations of a character ever. I mean, they got all the things that were important from the comic and then added their own stuff to it between you know, Chadwick and Ryan Coogler and, you know, the director and writer. I mean, and just, you know, took it to a whole nother level. And, you know, those other characters, those other movies, those other characters, you know, 
they walked and ran so that Black Panther could fly. And it's just such an important part of you know us on screen. Yeah, and he he jumped in and he embodied that role with the understanding that, and as he said in the interview that, you know that role was gonna change his life, and it did. And he stepped into it and he took on the change and he took on kind of the added responsibility because, you know, when you take that on and you become that, you know, people forget. Sometimes people forget that you're playing the character. Right, I mean, and you're, and to you know, take a wrestling fan term, um, you know, you start, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, you you know, you are that character. You're living the gimmick, right? I mean, just I mean, Chris Evans is you know, living the gimmick as Captain America now, more or less. You know, and Robert Downey Jr., even though Tony Stark died in the movie, spoiler, um, he's still kind of living the gimmick as Tony Stark, you know. Yeah, and you hear even like Henry Cavill talking about that, you know, that, you know, he, even though the Superman movies that he's been in haven't, you know, been as successful or, you know, haven't become as kind of lodged in, you know, the kind of pop culture psyche as everybody wishes they did. He's even talked about, you know, how when you're playing that role you've got to kind of live the gimmick Gal Gadot is kind of living the gimmick as Wonder Woman right you have to and so that's what Chadwick was doing for the last four years and he did great you know and it's just another sign of progress also that one of us black people was given the opportunity to take that kind of role where you would become the character to a lot of people. I mean, right, I mean, now West, I'd say Wesley was probably the first with Blade. But, you know, Chadwick with Black Panther took it to a whole nother level. And that's to his credit, it's to the credit of everyone around him you know from the guys at Marvel Studios to Ryan Coogler to his fellow cast members in the movies and so what we hope going forward is just that you know we don't have to wait too long for the next opportunity for one of us to get that big of a role That's the real, to me, that's the real big important thing right now. That we don't, that we don't have to wait too much longer. Because, look, Blade was 1998. Was it 98 or 99? Black Panther was, first showed up in 2016. That was almost 20 years. Right? And don't want to have to wait till 2038 for the next one. And with that, well, 
I won't keep you waiting that long for the next part. So. Be right back after this. I know personally that your generosity extends past what you have given on the stage and screen. Many of you already know the story that Mr. Washington, when asked by Felicia Rashad to join her in assisting nine theater students from Howard University who had been accepted to a summer acting program at the British Academy of Dramatic Acting in Oxford. He gracefully and privately agreed to contribute. As fate would have it, I was one of the students that he paid for. Imagine receiving the letter that your tuition for that summer was paid for and that your benefactor was none other than the dopest actor on the planet. I have no doubt that there are similar stories at boys and girls clubs and theaters and churches across the country where I know you have also inspired and motivated others. An offering from a sage and a king is more than silver and gold. It is a seed of hope, a bud of faith. There is no Black Panther without Denzel Washington. And, and, and and not just because of me, but my whole cast, that generation, stands on your shoulders. The daily battles won, the thousand territories gained, the many sacrifices you made for the culture on film sets through your career, the things you refused to compromise along the way laid the blueprints for us to follow. And so now, let he who has watered be watered. Let he who has given be given to. It is an honor to now know you, to learn from you, and join in this work with you. May God bless you exceedingly and abundantly more. In All right, so that um, speech you heard was Chadwick Bozeman paying uh, tribute to Denzel Washington. Because by now, maybe by now you've heard the story that Denzel paid his Chadwick's tuition to go to a um, you know, theater program or Oxford. Actually, you mentioned that in the speech. So if you hadn't heard it before, you've heard it now. But, um, you know, it's just, uh, well, that's, that's kind of legacy and paying it forward you know Denzel is in his 60s now or he's around 60 and you know Chadwick was 43 when he passed so there's a whole you know new generation of black actors and actresses that is now kind of taking the you know they're their kind of seat at the table as far as being the you know, leading men and women today, right? And, um, well, look, we don't get anywhere without help. Um, whether it's from friends or family or 
you know, someone in your profession who sees something in you and gives you a hand. Or in this case, it was just, I mean, Denzel did not know him, but yeah, he was told about some, you know, black theater students who were going to study abroad and needed some financial help. And he decided to pay it forward. You know, that's, uh, well, that's, that's how we keep going. Right, you know, the old saying, no man is an island. Or, well, no woman is an island either, right? Now, um, to truly reach our potential, to truly get where we are capable of getting, we need help. And, you know, so he, at that moment, he got some help from Denzel Washington. And... You know, there's a, now there's a, you know, younger generation behind him who are in their 20s who are, you know, just getting started, right? And then by this time, you know, 2040, they hope to be where, you know, Chadwick got to. So it's just, I mean, it's important. You know, I'm 46, I'm a few years older than Chadwick was when he passed. And... You know, I got kids of my own and everything, but also, you know, it's funny as you get older and then you find, you find younger people looking up to you. And that can be both comforting and scary <laughs> because, you know, um, like it's it's always it's it feels good to feel wanted. Um, it feels good to feel respected. And at the same time, it's like of all the people for you for for you to you know want to learn from how to handle this stuff. You came to me. You know, it's like hell, I'm still figuring this out myself. Um, but you know what, Man, that's how it goes. And it's one of the sad parts about him passing. So at this age is that, you know, um, he was just reaching that kind of point where younger people start coming to him for advice. And you know, it's sad that we won't get to see him, you know, hit 60 years old and become the kind of wise, wiser older guy. But he was already pretty wise in his own right as it is. And, you know, there are, you know, stories and videos have been put out there of him, you know, meeting kids and talking to kids who were cancer patients. And now we know that he was one himself while he was doing that. And I mean, it is just, you know, a testament to the, you know, his character, really. And like, we got to be careful when we, you know, 
he preys on people for being, you know, so strong and, uh, you know, I mean, but because we go overboard with that to the point where, you know, sometimes it feels like we're, you know, glorifying struggle or glorifying being, you know, sickness or, you know, or I don't know. But in his case, I mean, he truly did exhibit that. And he exhibited some really some real courage, really. So while he didn't get to necessarily become a you know, counselor to younger actors, um, he was there as a counselor and a comforter to a lot of children. And that is, you know, as big a important a thing as anything. Because yeah, look, we live in a crazy world right now, and we're all looking for some place of comfort or some, you know, place of safety or security or somebody to. You know, be there to, to tell us things are going to be okay. Or tell us, you know, to, you know, chin up, keep going. And he was that for a lot of people. And, you know, he deserves credit and tribute for that. You know, as much or more than anything he did on the screen. as much as any opportunity to see him play some role in the future, really. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know what, um, I'll end this part with saying, you know, don't miss your opportunity to be that for somebody. I'm not saying you should, you know, look, we all, we all got only so much we can take and so much we can handle in life. So I'm not saying you should make it like your life's burden or whatever, but you know, you get past a certain age, there are people looking up to you that you don't even know. There are people taking something out of your story that you don't even know. What you might think is just kind of you blowing smoke or publicly venting or something you know, you may be providing someone with the kind of testimony they need to feel reassured in their own life or the inspiration they need to, you know, pick up and keep going or to not give up. So, I mean, what you can take, well, I'll say you take from his story is that you know, your story is important too. You may not think it is, but your own story is important to somebody in ways that you may never know. That they may never, they may never tell you. You know, inspiration is not just from big, grandiose things. Inspiration a lot of times just comes from living. 
and you know, take that from him as much as you got any enjoyment from anything he did, you know, in a movie or a TV show for you. And uh, I think that's a good place to leave it, really, here. So we'll leave it there. And before I, you know, uh, leave you with a few more words from him, um, I'll just, again, say one more time, thank you for all that you did, both in your profession and in your life. Thank you for the people you inspired to keep going, be it in, you know, your business, the business you chose or just people who, you know, quote unquote, regular people out there who saw what you were able to accomplish and were motivated by it. And um, that'll be it. So, you know, I'm going to leave it to him to take us home and I will. Talk to you guys next time. God, you want me to preach a sermon? <laughs> um, I, I feel I feel like I'm living in my purpose. Um, but the funny thing about about purpose is that it unfolds more and more to you every day. So you can you can be living in what was revealed to you. Um, at a particular time, and then you might get stagnated because there's more that you're supposed to do. It doesn't just stop as you do one thing. So I think it's I think it's just being open to what you're supposed to do at this moment, and not getting stuck in the past. Because purpose is not related to career. Purpose is not related to a job. It's 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 related to what God put inside you that you're supposed to give to the world. And you can do that in, in various different positions and forms. So I think it's, 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 it's staying open to what that essence is um, at all times.